Hello there and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning, July 6th, 2021. The band is back together. Here's Tristan Happy Cockcroft, Kyle Soppy produces and researches, and I am merely Eric Carabell. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Hope everyone enjoyed a safe and happy July 4th holiday weekend. This is the final week of baseball before the All-Star break. Should be a wild home run derby next week in Denver. Um, Tristan, how are you? Hope you had a nice weekend. I did. In a while. I, I indeed did. It was a very nice, relaxing weekend. Pretty decent weather overall for the most part of those couple of rain days. And I'm really thrilled to see that Shohei Otani is on the All-Star game as a two-way player. Oh, yeah, I'm going to actually continues. watch. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I, I don't always watch the All-Star game because it's, you know, it's not yeah. normal baseball, but yeah. I Everything he's doing, I'm watching. It's Coors Field, and it's a designated hitter game. At least at last I checked it was, because there were designated hitters in the voting. And I, I just want to see the roster maneuvering. Like, how do they handle How do they handle Otani getting into that game as a pitcher? I'm, I, this is the stuff I love about baseball. <laughs> and, and he leads the league in home runs. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable what he's doing right now. And, you know, if I was thinking about it, like – who is the player of the year so far in the first half of the season? The season's roughly half over right now. So the player of the year, I mean, how can it not be Otani? I mean, he's leading the league in home runs and he's pitching. And he's pitching well enough to matter, to be relevant. He's number two on the player radar behind Fernando Tatis Jr. But how can Otani not be our fantasy player of the first half of the season? I don't see how he can't. He's been available to people the entirety of the year. He was going... 175 to 200 overall. I, I saw leagues where he was definitively after the top 200 picks. He's got 430 fantasy points if you combine his hitting and his pitching. Now, you can't use them all because you can't use hitting and pitching at the same time. Just said that on the Thursday show with AJ. But I would say that the available points to you, he is by far the most in the league. And, you know, you see in the play Raider numbers as well. I, 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 I can't, it's indescribable what he is doing. I mean, it, it's, it's never been seen in the history of the game. I'm sorry. No, this is not Babe Ruth. Like, this is a guy who is putting up great numbers on both sides of the ball. He's an unbelievable hitter, though. Unbelievable. And Babe Ruth didn't hit and pitch at the same time. He had seasons where he, he did he, one or the he, other. He, he did, but not to the extent that Otani did. And we that, weren't that, playing that. fantasy 100 years ago. Um, so I, I would say that this is the fantasy hitter of the year. Oh, he's both. He's hitter. He's, he wouldn't be the pitcher of the first half. Of the he's season. the hitter of the year because of the hitting is what is really carrying his value. Because, you know, while Tatis has more stolen bases and almost as many home runs, I mean, Otani's combination. I mean, Tatis was an early round. It was a first round pick. It was a top five pick. Mm-hmm. Otani, yeah. I don't know if he was really 175 to 200. I thought he was more like 125 or 100, but no, still, he this... was. there was no way he was going that soon. I'll, I'll get the exact number for you, but it was, it was after 150 for sure. We'll uh, we'll do the pitchers of the first half on Thursday's show. So Vlad Guerrero Jr. is probably going to miss out on American League MVP and Fantasy Player of the Year because of Otani. What Vlad's doing is, is I mean, he's not stealing bases, but it's incredible. Uh, Vlad was uh, like a fifth or sixth round pick in most leagues, uh, but it's just incredible numbers. Look at the slugging percentage for Vlad. He slimmed down, got in better shape, playing a decent first base. I mean, he's really not playing it any worse than, you know, most first basemen. He, he's fine. He's capable there. No longer a third baseman. Um, but I would say that my top three right now for fantasy hitter of the year would be number one, Otani, number two, Tatis, and then three, because of the steals, and then three, Vlad. I mean, Tatis is unbelievable. And we were worried, remember, in the first week of April, he wouldn't even play the rest of the season because of the shoulder injury. And still, every time I see him dive at shortstop, I get concerned. But, I mean, what a player. 
just yeah. what an unbelievable player he is. Yeah. The the greatness of those names is what makes it difficult to make a case for anybody else. And by the way, I'm I'm sorry, you're correct. Uh, Otani was in the top 90 overall picks. He soared in the final two weeks of ADP during spring training. Uh, was around 120 uh, at the midway point of of. I guess just people were chasing the names. I remember you and I were discussing him. We just didn't think he was really a top hundred guy. Uh, it explains how great he's been. The one I would make the case for in the top three, I actually think Marcus Semyon deserves a mention here as a potential fantasy hitter of the year in terms of a value. He was a guy who was not going in the top 100, changing positions, new team, taking a one-year deal as a prove-it kind of thing for a new contract. There were questions about him, and what he has done is pretty extraordinary. But it is hard to go against Vlad, Otani, Tatis. I'm probably Otani. I'm probably Otani, Tatis, Vlad as well. Do you have any shares of these players? Because I remember I us talking about it. Yep. So you did get Otani in the league because I did not. Yep. And people reached on Vlad. I, I I wanted to, you know, like, I feel like I learned a lesson here. Like, I thought I didn't think he would do this, but I thought he'd be really good, better than people believe. But there was somebody in every league who believed a little bit more. And Tatis, you needed a top five pick for. Sammy and I did not believe. I, I, I can't believe what he's doing right now. I'll um, give you another one who actually belongs in that conversation is Carlos Correa. Not, yeah. not he's not a top three, but but if you want to talk about candidates who could get there, he he might get some third fourth place votes. But when I when I write up, um, you know, hitters, pitchers of the year, half year, whatever, I I look at where they were drafted. Now Otani was drafted, you know, whether it was round ten or round fifteen, he was drafted in every league. Okay, so was Semyon. You know who wasn't? Cedric Mullins of Baltimore. Yeah, is an absolute possibility for fantasy MVP right now because mm-hmm. he went undrafted in pretty much every league. And this is a guy on a pace for 25-25 homers and steals with batting average. He's an all-star. He's putting up incredible numbers. I, I took a chance on him in tout. Um, I think it was last year. That was a year too early. But, I mean, what a season. And if you want to talk about the value of the pick, he would be the winner. Because all these other guys were drafted, and he was not. Yeah. I'm trying to dig this up as quickly as I can. And I've gotten a heck of a lot wrong this year. But Cedric Mullins, I believe, was the first player in my first three to add column of the year. And I hope people picked him up because if you did at that point, that was the period at which it was known that he was contributing in the role. And he has never stopped since that point. One of the reasons for your case as to fantasy value is I think the wise fantasy managers, as as you had said, you you got him last year in Tauti, you got him at the beginning of the year here. Anybody who got him at the beginning of the year has reaped the rewards of three excellent months of performance. Yeah, fascinating. And you look at closer at his numbers, and there's no reason to think that's going to stop either. So you had it right. First week of the season, got to add. And uh, it took a little while for people to do it, but this is why you win your leagues. Let's talk about some of the news. Not all of it's happy um, as we get to this final week of the season. Well, we're already in it because it's Tuesday. They, Monday was the holiday. A couple injuries first. Kyle Schwarber who, what an amazing June this guy had. I mean, a homer every day. Uh, He's on the injury list. It's a significant hamstring strain. Mm -hmm. And I ask you in an ESPN standard, do you drop him? Because it might be two months. And there's only three months left. It might be, yeah. I would hope in this situation that you don't have a glut of injured list players. I do in a couple of leagues, so I understand it. If you're in that situation, I think it's okay to let him go. I would prefer to try to keep him around if I could. Uh, Zach Gallen, uh, of Arizona just sat down on the field <laughs> after throwing a pitch. They say it's a mild hamstring strain, but Arizona's a mess and they don't win very much. 
And Zach Gowan is very good, but this looks like a pitcher who's not going to have a great final second half of the season to me. Like maybe it's because of injury, maybe it's because of performance or not getting wins, but like, I don't see how we could rank Zach Gowan as a top 25 starting pitcher in fantasy for the final three months based on his situation. Yes. And a lot of that has to do with this being the third injured list stint. I can't recall what the first one was coming out of spring training. He began the year on the injured list. That was elbow. And we thought that was elbow in the first John, right? I mean, no, I thought that was the second injury. I thought that was the main one. Oh, well, I, it, it was one of them is what I'm saying. Yeah, th- there was definitely one where we were worried he could be headed for Tommy John. I do recall that. I think that was the May one. I don't remember the opening day. It could have been the same. But the fact that these are two different injuries and he's had a difficult time building him be- his, himself back up to pitching at the level he did in the previous two years. That's what bugs me. I, I'm with you. I don't think you can make the case for top 25 because I don't think he gets to that volume and there will be the risk of re-injury. He had a hairline fracture in his forearm in late March. And then the elbow is in early May. Uh, So you add all these things up and it gets to be a little bit concerning. And this is a very promising young starting pitcher. And that's why we get concerned. Any other injuries that I I don't want to miss anything here. I'm looking at the most added drop list because that generally tells us who who is injured because people are just, you know, leaving. Uh, Well, a positive positive injury note, I mean, since we're doing injuries, is I'm pleased about the Fran Mil Reyes. Uh, Fran Mil Reyes return from the injury Yes. Yeah, and he homered in his first – maybe not his first game back, but it was one of the early games I think it was, back. I think it was his second. I'm trying to recall. There's no doubt the he, guy has power, you know? Yeah. Actually, he was sure. activated Friday. I don't think he played fr- – it was weird. He got activated and didn't play, I think. It was weird how the transaction fell. Whatever. Right. He, uh, yesterday, he had a homer and a double and five RBI, and he stole a base. So he yep. will, his name will be mentioned a little bit later uh, in, in when after Tristan Sings. Um, I didn't get to listen to Thursday's show. How much singing did you do on last Thursday's show? Because Dop was there with his guitar for my show. So I'm assuming there was lots of singing. It was like a greatest hits version or something with you and AJ. It was. <laughs> it was. We we actually did a three-man combo meal song. It was it was pretty epic. All right. I will <laughs> listen to that. I, I, and I he did to... a full guitar through the hash browns. Really? Okay. Yes. Well, that's can't miss listening podcast stuff there. I mean, as soon as I get on my hammock in about 36 minutes, I'm going to listen to your Thursday show there. <laughs> so it's um, up to Kyle. To Kyle, you've got about, what, five, ten minutes to get your guitar ready to play it during the hash browns, okay? <laughs> so we have five to ten minutes to learn how to play guitar and then play it during the hash browns. No pressure. You got it, man. <laughs> well, I, I think now, like, the bar's been raised. All podcast producers have to play guitar. And that's you need, like – you need like 25 tattoos too. Uh, and uh, yeah. a beard. I don't know what's more likely a beard tattoos or how to play the guitar. I, I'm not in good shape for any of those. Uh, all right. Well, we have to deal with this and I don't really want to, but um, a Dodgers pitcher is not pitching this week and he missed last week. And, you know, we, I don't have anything to say about what Trevor Bauer did or did not do, but from a fantasy baseball aspect, Tristan here, that's all that matters for this show. Buster can deal with the other stuff. What do you do with Bauer in a fantasy league right now? We don't know how much time he's going to miss. It might only be one start this week. He might come back right after the All-Star break, and he might be fine. And we rank him among the top five starting pitchers in all of fantasy. He's really, really good on the field. Yeah. But do you try to trade him right now? You're obviously not dropping him. But you probably can't trade him for full value at this point because there's concern that he's going to get suspended and miss more time. Mm -hmm. But then again, he might not be. And in a week, he might be in their rotation. So what is the fantasy implication to what's going on with him? Yeah, a lot of these things are very unknown and uncertain because we haven't had a a 
history of how MLB deals with these things. So I have no clue what the length of absence is going to be. Um, I do believe because he's got an out designation, you could put him on the injured list. I don't have a share in an ESPN league, so I can't test it myself, but I think the player with the O designation can. And if that's the case, you just put on the sidelines and see what, you know, like what, how this plays out. I don't think you can trade him. I don't think you should try to trade him. I, I just don't think that's a viable option for you. And yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. It's a, it's a, disturbing and troubling situation and you know i mean when he's on the mound he's a talented pitcher moving on now let's do the combo meals oh there was one other thing i wanted to get to Sixto sanchez of the marlins is done for the season with shoulder surgery which i kind of like harbingered a little bit like a month ago when i was writing about this situation i didn't know he's gonna have surgery but you can safely drop him but i want to ask your overall picture here a shoulder is far more concerning than an elbow with an elbow we know how long you're out with a shoulder sometimes these guys gonna come back they don't throw as hard in a dynasty um, format here, dynasty rankings, if Sixto Sanchez was before this week among your top 10 young prospect dynasty starting pitchers, is he still there? No. He would probably at this point, if, if it was a top 10 classification, and that's taking a, a subset group of that age, he's probably now a top 20 type. And with the possibility this adversely impacts the remainder of his career. As you said, it's a shoulder tear. I worry that that cuts a little bit into next season as well, especially if it's a surgery situation. Let's say top 20, just ballparking it today. And and, and I will have mid-season uh, dynasty rankings for the readers in the coming week plus. Excellent. Okay. I wasn't aware of that. I will look forward to seeing that because I want to see where you rank him because mm-hmm. – You know, we all loved him back in March, but with a shoulder injury, a tear in that shoulder, I mean, you don't know, like, to the degree, like, Corey Kluber's shoulder is shot. I mean, he's 35 or something. That's different. When Sixo Sanchez, his kid, who, by the way, was in the JT Real Muto trade from Philadelphia, and it doesn't look as bad now. You know, it was basically Alfaro and Sixto for Real Muto. Uh, anyway, it's a, it's a shame because we wanted to see him pitch and help not only the Marlins, but us, but he's not going to do that anymore. Not for the rest of this season. Now it's time for you to sing about the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo, combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. These players were making moves earlier this week and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. We got lots of them since our last show and, and some odd ones, some catchers, Zach Collins, not the Portland forward, but the white Sox catcher and Kyle farmer. I, is there anything there? I mean, I had Zach matters. Collins because definitely matters. Yes. Monty Grandel is probably going on the injury list today. Oh yeah. Uh, and Collins will be the starting catcher for the white Sox. But is there, is there a pathway to relevance in a 10-team league? Like, would you add him? In a one-catcher league, you don't. In a two-catcher league, I think you can make the case, right? In a points league, he takes walks, doesn't he? He does. He whiffs a lot. There's a ton of swing and miss in his game. That's the big problem. You're going for the all-or-nothing potential power outcome. And if you look at his numbers, the power hasn't been to the level I was expecting during his prospect status. Uh, I'm with you. Two-catcher league type. Um I'd also be a little worried the White Sox have to seek another catcher. They have lost so many key contributors to that lineup. They've got to do something. And if the backstop is where they can add a player, a meaningful name, that's going to work against him. Collins. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't want to overrate Collins, um, but the other catcher right now, they just called up somebody today, I saw. Yeah, it's not Mercedes. It's Sebi Zavala. 
who was a defense first guy. Yeah. How about your Mercedes, the fall, fall from grace for him? I mean, a great April and then nothing since, and then they demote him. It's not really a catcher, so that's why they couldn't you know, leave him active. But anyway, right. um, and nothing to say about Kyle Farmer on Friday. Jackie Bradley Jr., Yadier Molina, Shohei Otani, amazing. Jake Fraley stole two bases. Yeah. A very busy Friday there. Um, we've talked about Otani. Jake Fraley is interesting to me. Um, yeah. And I think you wrote about him yeah. and there's something there. He's not a typical prospect. I, I thought he was a little bit older. Um, I didn't think he was going to hit for much average, but he's mm-hmm. doing okay now. And Seattle's going to continue to play him. He is 26 years old. So not a typical prospect, but seven home runs, seven stolen bases, and he's playing a lot. And that's kind of important. Yeah. Uh, good pitch selection, making more contact. The big jump for him is that he's much more disciplined this season. That's really helping him. Not a star, but also a guy who's not going to hurt you in most fantasy categories. Unfortunately, since I wrote about him, he hasn't been quite as great. So it, it's probably the 15-team mix where you're going to maximize his value. Those in the AL only. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, Eli White of Texas, Trevor Story, who's a great story. And really, he should be in the All-Star game. It's kind of a shame he's not. The game's in Denver. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, baseball just continues to do smart things. Harrison Bader on Sunday. And I don't know if anybody had a uh, combo meal on Monday. Uh, Primo Reyes did. Into that. Primo Reyes definitely did. Anyone else, Kyle, have a? No, that was, was the only one. Yep. Okay. All right. So Harrison Bader interests me a little bit, Tristan, because he's a, he's a homer. He's a guy with great speed. He can steal bases, a little pop against lefties, but a low batting average type guy. So I would ask you this. Would you rather add Jake Fraley or Harrison Bader right now? Good question. Um, I'm going to, I would say Fraley. I trust the skills. Bader's the problem with Bader is that he has swing and miss in his game and it's messy when he is off. He can really tank your batting average. Fraley's probably not going to do that. I, I see a little more safety there. All right, safety and closers. We'll find out next. Tristan's going to sing that one too. <laughs> it's the closer carousel. All right, uh, and then the Yankee closer. It's a call to the Yankee bullpen right now <laughs> because they've got some issues there. Literally in that game on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Yankee closer is having some troubles here. So you watch him, and yep. something's got to be wrong because yep. the walks he. In his last two games, one out, two home runs for Chapman. Um, so I asked you, what's going to happen here? Is Chad Green getting the saves this week? There's got to be a physical issue with him, right, with Chapman? I, I suspect that, but the only case against it is that the fastball velocity hasn't been fully lost, which is usually the big signal to me. It looks to me like the command of that pitch is the huge problem. He has no control of that fastball at all. And you said it, the numbers. It's 15 runs, 14 earned, 14 hits. Four of those are homers, nine walks in his past nine appearances. And his K rate has been below 20%. That is not at all Chapman. I the, Here's the issue. Chad Green isn't going to be able to close tomorrow. He threw a ton of pitches Sunday. So is it Jonathan Loisega? They might just go back to Chapman again and have him blow the Tuesday game in Seattle. And maybe it's not a safe chance, but Chad Green's the guy I'd be adding. I wrote about him yesterday. It's got to be him. You got to add him as a speculative guy. Philadelphia in all its infinite wisdom has decided that Ranger Suarez is a closer with his 92 mile per hour fastball. Uh, 085 ERA, 318 FIP. You know what's going to happen here, folks. If you want to add Suarez, you'll probably get a couple safe chances this week. Definitely don't roster Hector Neris anymore, but Ranger Suarez, that's that's hard to believe, e- even for my team. Hard I, to believe. And I don't believe it. Do, do you? 
Oh yeah, he Girardi's already said it. He said I, I just closer. Wow. Okay. I, mean, I, I feel for I, man. I feel for you then because not that was that was your multi-inning guy. What is he doing? He doesn't know what he's doing. That's uh, part of the problem. It's I'm like sorry, when it's man. like when Mike Matheny goes to Greg Holland, even though Scott Barlow's sitting there or Stalmont. We're both having we're both having some fun years as uh, fans of our team. Honestly, we? it's not bothering me all that much anymore. <laughs> it should bother you more because you have expectations of the playoffs, and my I don't I don't have that. I'm uh, kind so, of embracing this idea of the. Uh, Trading off guys being a seller at the deadline. I'm. I'm. There's no chance. There's no chance he's doing that. I would not be shocked. Uh, I, I'd be stunned if the Yankees are sellers. Uh, the Phillies are probably going to be buyers for for no good reason. I mean, the Mets. If the Mets had just run away with this division, the Phillies would be sellers. Max Scherzer would be on the Yankees. I, you should blame the Mets. You know, not not only for the weekend, but yeah. the Mets were like seven and a half games ahead. Scherzer could be on the Yankees yeah. next month. You know, and I said it earlier on the show this year that I you you said Scherzer to the Yankees. I would have loved and embraced that, and that's what they need. All right, speaking of the Phillies, last year's uh, a sweetheart Heath Hembry is getting saves for Cincinnati now, uh, despite allowing a home run almost every time he pitches. Um, Cincinnati has to have somebody close games. Heath Hembry's been the guy because Lucas Sims and T.J. Antone are both on the injured list. This isn't they're, going to last either. Yeah, they're they're comboing it though. Amir Garrett's still been getting some of those matchup ones against the lefties. Yeah, yeah, he he, he they're both in it, you know. Yeah. So. Yep. But Henry had two this weekend, just like Scott Barlow of Kansas City, who I wrote about today. Barlow's really good. Barlow's been among the wins above replacement leaders and on relievers all season long. Yep. And everyone ahead of him is an all star. Barlow could have been an all star. Yep. Uh, the only Royals rep is uh, Sal Perez, who deserves it. But Barlow has been having the best season in that Kansas City bullpen all season long. And then finally this weekend, he gets a couple saves. But I don't know if Matheny will stick to him. He might go back to Holland today, you know, because that's what he does. Yeah. Barlow is one of the most underrated relievers in the game. Very unappreciated. Um, I would tell you right now, if your options are like Suarez, I can't, I can't believe Ranger Suarez. Suarez, <laughs> Henry, oh, Barlow would be the first guy you add there. Um, over those other guys because it's not going to last. Um, in fact, I would add Barlow. Would you drop Yimmy Garcia to add Barlow? That was a bad blown save. I actually would. I'm and, and I'm glad you brought up Miami because that is the a number one guy I see as a trade candidate coming up. Yeah, I think Anthony Bender is going to be a closer. No, I don't think Yimmy. No, no contender is going to use Yimmy Garcia as a closer. I guess right. Philadelphia might, but. I don't think they're a contender, but Anthony Bender is, is, is having a nice season. Um, he's got the you know, stuff close. He does. You know, after years of watching Paul Seward for the Mets, I'm like, how is he doing? Paul Seward's numbers are unbelievable right now for Seattle. Yeah. Not giving up homers. Yeah. He's striking everybody out. If Kendall Graveman gets hurt, Paul Seward is going to get saves. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. He's been very good. I, I, which, no, it wasn't one. I'm watching the Yankees play in Seattle now. Which game was I watching where he looked? Yeah, I'm watching him. A lot of sliders. Sewell is uh, he's combating lefties finally, getting a slider over, and yeah. uh, he's doing well. Uh, you know, obviously, Kendall Graveman is the guy you really have to roster in Seattle's bullpen, but I do think Paul Sewell is ahead of Drew Steckenrider for some saves there. Any other situations that we have to mention? Where do you stand on Minnesota's today? They never win. I think it's I think it's a combination between Hansel Robles and Taylor Rogers, and I think it was a month ago, and I think either or both could be traded because they're clearly out of it now. Yep. Now it's it. I think it's almost mandatory they trade Robles, which is why I think I you're was, seeing him forced into save chances when he's he's the clearly inferior pitcher of the two. 
Clearly. Um, yeah, but Rogers pitched in that game yesterday. He set him up. Yeah, he was excellent. So I, I, and he was very good. I want to see Rogers go to San Francisco with his twin brother. I think that'd be fun. Yes. Right? Okay. His twin brother who throws like sidearm, underhand. Yeah. Taylor, the lefty from Minnesota, does not do that. But I'd like to see that happen. But again, nobody's going to make a trade until the absolute deadline, which is what? Two weeks from Friday? July 30th? So It, it is uh, three weeks from Friday, I think. Three Actually, no, Friday. no. Uh, 30, 31st of the deadline, it's a Saturday. It's three weeks from Saturday. No, but they moved it to Friday. Um, oh, so, right, 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 right. Yeah. Because yeah, they didn't want to do it over a, a weekend. Day. <laughs> nobody wanted to work. So, I, thank you. Thank you, MLB, for doing that. You just saved me having to update forecasters at you know 6 p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> well, I don't feel like doing it on 6 p.m. on a Friday either. Better than you 6 p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> Definitely better than that. Okay. <laughs> Moving along now, let's take a look at the schedule for the next couple of days. Really only a couple of days here because we'll have a show on Thursday. Um Let's see. Today, Tuesday. Oh, ESPN's got a double header. It's got Milwaukee at Milwaukee on fire and opening up a big division lead here. And that see the Cubs are going to sell because Milwaukee has such a big lead, but the Phillies can't sell because the Mets don't. Anyway, Jake DeGrom is on the mound today against Brett Anderson. Every DeGrom outing is worth watching. Um even against Milwaukee and uh, you know, I just I just want to see him healthy. And I, I'm also interested to see who starts the All-Star game because Philadelphia's Zach Wheeler's having Not a great him. season. It won't be DeGrom. Why? Because oh, he, he's pitching this weekend. He can't. He's pitching Sunday. Uh, well, he may pitch Sunday. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure the Mets have options to fill enough of their games for the week to not start DeGrom on Sunday. But but you're right. If they scratch him, he could start the All-Star game. We'll see. Jared Eikhoff again. Um, the night <laughs> oh, they just Yankees. They DFA'd him, and then they got him to re-sign in a minor league deal. <laughs> <laughs> Yankees are in Seattle. Jameis and Tyone, who I'm kind of unimpressed with against Justice Sheffield. Is there anything there with Tyone? I don't know if there is. I've not been impressed lately. No, I think there could be, but I'm, I'm not seeing it. There's nothing actionable today. Uh, ESPN plus has uh, reds at Royals. Luis Castillo, who had a great June, great mm-hmm. June and was unlucky in a couple of those games. Like his last most recent outing, he, he cruised into like the fifth inning. I've got him on multiple teams. And then he gave up a couple runs in the sixth when he wasn't even in the game. The, the reliever gave him up. Luis Castillo is going to be really good for the second half of the season. And he's already been good for the last six weeks. So you, you, you should get him. Um, so it's for streaming purposes. You know, I'm a streamer. Uh, Steven Matz at Baltimore. I don't want to activate him in a league I can do that in. Yeah, should I? No. Way. no. <laughs> but it's Baltimore. No. It's in Baltimore, and they do have some guys who can cause headaches matchups. Why I I don't like it. Nope. They have All Star Cedric Mullins. They do have All Star, but lefty versus lefty there. So, but eh. yeah, no, I can't uh, do it. Merrill can't, Kelly's can't actually been pretty good of late. Uh, he's facing John Snow, yep. and Colorado on the road is is awful. Yeah, Arizona is anywhere is awful. Colorado's you, historically you, poor at course. Well, they're this is a, at Arizona. I know. I'm just saying that even at cores, they are on track for their worst offensive season as a franchise in their home games. So think about what that means on the road. It means badness. Um, so are you using Merrill Kelly today? Why not? Yeah. And I'd use him over Steven Matz. I would too. Wednesday, ESPN has uh, Dodgers and Marlins with no pitchers. So I think the hitters are going to hit off a tee on uh, Wednesday. I think Dodgers that's what's going to happen. <laughs> are probably going Julio Arias. The Marlins have the problem because they demoted. Uh, it could be a Jordan Holloway game. No, Jordan Holloway was the one they demoted. They'll they'll call up a guy like that just to pitch that game. 
Whatever the case is, watch Dodgers and Marlins because it's good baseball. Somebody will start those games so the hitters don't have to hit off a tee. And the Dodger one will probably be worth starting. I would think so. I mean, one of the you you don't think about this because, you know, their ace pitcher is not pitching this week. But somebody has to pitch for the Dodgers. And it's not David Price who can't go deep in the weird situation with David Price this season. I'm I'm disappointed Mm -hmm. because – Yes, I believed that David Price would be a decent starting pitcher, a top 40 starter this year. He would go six innings per game. He'd be fine. They're not even trying to make him a starting pitcher. He's not stretched out for anything. It's very strange. Yeah. Must be injury related. He's giving you utility in the NL only leagues for the most part, and that's about it. Uh, What else do we have? Oh, uh, Patrick Corbin and Chris Paddock. Interesting matchup there Uh, again. Um, Patrick Corbin, you know, you never know from the outing to outing what he's going to do. Yeah. But I think if you, if you got him in a weekly, it's, it's kind of frustrating because yeah. I've got him in a weekly and I don't know what to do with, it. I just leave him active now. You lost he, your second start in the weeklies. Oh, he's not starting on Sunday now. No, he was supposed to start today and they oh, pushed okay. him back to give him extra rest. So he can't make two starts this week now. And it's a San Diego game. Mm, yes. Disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonny Gray on a pitch limit, apparently, he, even though he threw 86 last week off the injury list, he's at Kansas City. You're going to want to use him there, even on a pitch limit. I mean, if 86 is the limit or 90, that's still pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Uh, and then good we'll have a show up. Thursday and we'll discuss Thursday on Thursday. Don't forget um, the double header because of the Cleveland Tampa Bay games uh, where they're avoiding the hurricane. So they've got a double header on Wednesday. That is correct. So make sure you uh, look. I mean, Tuesday, today, no day games. Wednesday, lots of day games. Thursday, lots of day games. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a daily league and you're, and you're in July and you're still paying attention, you should know when there's going to be day games. Let's put yes. It that way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's bring in Kyle now for Trivia and Hash Browns. Kyle, hello to you again. Hello, guys. It's good to be back. I like having the whole, the whole crew together here. For Trivia, I want you guys to name the pitchers that have completed at least seven innings at least eight times this season. Who is giving you volume? In this crazy era of baseball, there are three of them. Don Carmen. Don Carmen, not one of them. <laughs> Randy Lurch. Getting closer. We'll get there. We're going, we'll start with some hash browns before we get into the real guesses. You, you don't know are, who those players are. Not a clue. I, you could They could be boxers for all. They might be your postman. I have no idea. I don't know uh, Spen- the name of my postman, actually. Do, do you know the name of your postman or woman? Uh, post person or mail carrier? Um, no, but we haven't been in this house all that long, so it's not like we've had a consistent rapport with our mail carrier. We'll get there. We'll learn this person's name. I have no doubt about it. <laughs> Spencer, first hash brown, and he was one of many here. Everybody's up in arms about Dylan Carlson. One, is he any good? Two, Spencer wants to know if he can drop him for a guy like Miles Straw or Will Myers. Uh, did, we over, did we overrate him? No, I don't think we did, but okay. I like the fact that he's leading off and he, he, he should be taking away. He has a decent walk rate, but not lately. Um, but yeah, he's, he's not doing so hot and he's not running at all. No, nary an attempted stolen base yeah. in 84 games. Huge disappointment that I expected. I expected like 20 home runs, 12 to 15 steals. We may get the home runs, but I mean, Miles Straw has no power. But he, he could steal 25 bases this season. So if you need some bases, sure. But in a points league, I don't know. I, I would I would try to stick with Carlson. Will Myers doesn't look like – Will Myers, I don't know how he did that last year. I don't because he's back to his old self. Mm-hmm. Kind of disappointing. I, I, I'd, I'd stick with Carlson. 
Dylan Carlson has 67th percentile sprint speed. And he's, as you said, no, no stolen base attempts. I just don't get it. And then, you know, historically, St. Louis does not use the stolen base very much. They actually have fallen into that Oakland in the zeros uh, kind of mold. Well, I mean, you mean historically years. of late because, you know, Ozzie Smith and Vince Coleman make the differ, but Kyle hasn't heard of that. Historically, in, <laughs> recently. In, in the recent yeah, frame of memory for people in fantasy. I hear you about that. Well, it's important face. to point out. You know, you say something, I want to make sure that people understand what we're talking I'm, about I'm here. I'm just because... glad you're assuring you're older than the 25 years of age. Willie McGee I... is like, ah, I run. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kyle, who's going to win the NBA title? I want it to be Phoenix. I think Phoenix is better. I mean, Giannis doesn't look like he's going to play. Game one, at least. Like, if he doesn't play the first few games, I don't think they can play from behind. I like Milwaukee a lot, but. Does this not line up for Chris Paul? Would Would Philadelphia have beaten Milwaukee if, like, if, Doc doesn't play Ben Ben Simmons in the? That's fourth a big if. If you're not playing your starting point guard, he's bad. But the he, I, but he was would been on playing him. I need to know an expert, an NBA expert's opinion. Sure. Would the 76ers, the way they're currently constructed and coached, beaten Milwaukee in that series? With that, with in the previous series with Giannis compromised. No, this series, Milwaukee just beat Atlanta, okay, which they might not have done if Trey Young was healthy. So you're saying if two Eastern Conference, if the 76ers win Game them. Seven against Atlanta, would they beat Milwaukee? Eric, there's no way. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, they would have shut you, you guys down. Have you seen Milwaukee? They're just so hot right now. Yeah, Zach there's Eflin's no way. Pretty tall. Zach Eflin is tall. I think he could dunk. Those yeah. guys would have been nice. Ben like... Simmons can't dunk. Zach Eflin can dunk. <laughs> yeah. Ben Simmons can dunk. Ben Simmons doesn't want to well, dunk. That's well, Ranger Suarez dunk. <laughs> My dad's like, oh, they'll just get Damian Lillard for him. I'm like, oh, sure. It's just well, that easy. With half the team and every first-round pick for the next decade, they can get Damian Lillard. Um, all right. What was the Lillard question? Lillard would be a fun fit. I, in that question, I got to wondering, is there a player whose name symbolizes his game better than Miles Straw? mean like he's using a straw to hit with i don't know like his name just like if you gave me his name the drink yeah like if you gave me his (laughs) name with no context i would tell you exactly what he is bob walk i mean there's a million pitchers like who is that uh josh outman there's been a lot of pitcher but he wasn't a good outman uh (laughs) what i was looking for was when the a's had blaze tom that he would be like their pinch runner extraordinaire because that would have been perfect and by the way how can't sky bolt be the most be the fastest guy on oakland it's the greatest it's the greatest name and and how was blaze that's the one that's the one it was sky bolt it wasn't who's the blaze tom guy no Blaze tom's a minor leaguer isn't he actually no i think he's on the pirates um, well, you can't tell the difference, but yes, <laughs> the, the Oakland kid Sky Bolt like is very fast. So yeah. that's a, that. Well said. That was the one I was confusing him with. All right, so <laughs> Miles Straw is second. Then Dave loves getting deals done during the All Star break while things are a little slower. Who are some bats you'd look to invest in now that could be better the rest of the way? That's a good point, Tristan. It's a good time for reflection next week when there's no baseball games that matter. And I like looked at my teams and say, can I contend? What do I need to contend? Not, not that I won't do it today, but I don't feel like it. But next week when, you know, we're watching the home run derby is a great time to actually do that. Uh, reflect on your teams and what you really need. Um, so I would say, but some hitters, like there's a lot of hitters right now. Okay. And maybe you've noticed this with, with really low slugging percentages based on their history, you yeah. know, like they shouldn't. 
I'm not just talking like Juan Soto, who is destroying me. I had a chance at Tatis and Soto in a league a couple of years ago, and I took Soto, and now I realize I did it wrong. But um, when you look at some of these slugging percentages and you say, how is this, like Christian Yelich, you notice what he's slugging? But I don't know why I would buy. Yeah. So it depends. Like, yeah, it depends what the asking price is. I mean, DJ LeMayhew right now is slugging 372. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Why? Th- thanks for dragging me into that one. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just thinking of guys right now who have a slugging percentage. Is, I mean, I don't care about Elvis Andrews or, you know, mm-hmm. but like Jorge Soler is slugging 314. Glaber is at 308. Why mm-hmm. are we even rostering Glaber Torres right now? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm serious. Welcome to yet another podcast where Eric talks about how bad Glaber Torres is. Well, I mean, I I want to ask you, how long do you wait for Glaber Torres to hit? We've been doing this, you know, the skipping record now for three months. I I think we've gotten past the point, but I don't know what you're going to replace him with in a a standard shallow ESPN. Like, what are you going to? Well, I I mean, other than the opposite, other than those, what are you going to replace him with? I mean, Willie Adamas right now is a lot better than Glaber Torres. Okay, but that's like a 10-team or shallower league. Willie Adamas is available in 56%. He's the most added player in ESPN leagues among hitters, and he's still available in 56%. So he's everything bigger than our standard. All right, well, J.P. Crawford, for one, he's probably available in a lot of leagues. Um, Luis Urias is available. Would I add Jose Iglesias over Glaber? Probably not. But, I I mean, Nico Horner has a chance – to be better than Glaber Torres in the second half of the season. I know we keep doing this with Glaber, but I mean, he's got three home runs at, at the all-star break. Yeah. So what are we, what are we doing here? Yeah. That's um, not like us at all to beat a narrative into the ground around somebody that a player that one of us just generally doesn't like. Like that. Well, I mean, he's that. right though. I mean, look, Eric didn't like Glaber Torres this year and was dead on. He's had a terrible year. I didn't see this coming though. I mean, how do you go from 38 home runs to a pace for six, but like, Here's guys with, with lower slugging percentages. Yelich, I would trade for. Matt Chapman of Oakland, very good June. Yeah. I would trade for. Yep. Um, Moncada slugging 398. Okay. If healthy, yeah, I would trade for him. He's never going to run, you know, like we thought, but he's only got five home runs. Only <laughs> two more than Glaber. Right. Carlson, I still like him. Eddie Rosario with seven home runs and nine steals. Who saw that coming? Yep. But he can do better. We know he's got more power than that. Yeah. Um, LeMahieu, don't you have to trade for LeMahieu? I, I'd have to think so. He's a better player than this. I mean, but Lindor. So the I problem, holds, it's, it's too much name value, right? Like, right, exactly. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, I, anybody who has Lindor is stuck for the long haul. I mean, yeah. by all means, reach out, but I, I don't expect you're going to. I just, I, I just had somebody ask me a question about you know bringing Glaber Torres back into this work. Another counter, another trade counterpart just traded for the guy, and I got a question about: Do I give these two kind of useless players for Glaber Torres? You've got to ask yourself: Why would the person with that player right. do that? And that's where you're at with Lindor. Why would if you're going to give two guys who are just doing nothing for Francisco Lindor? Why would the person with Lindor do that? Well, I wouldn't. I, I think Lindor is a good buy low. <laughs> Um, so I, would I think he is him. too, but I think you're going to have to pay with a guy who's performing very. But we we have to reevaluate what Lindor is for next year. He he yes. might be a just a 15 homer, 15 steal guy who bats 270, which is fine, but it's yeah. not a top 50 pick. He is a much better real life than fantasy player. And you raised that question in March, and I remember I was in, I was intrigued and moved him down accordingly. <laughs> 
I had no shares because I didn't think he was a second round pick and most people did, but I didn't see this, you know, and he's been better in June as well. So if you're going to buy on Matt Chapman, you have to buy on Lindor. Anyway, yeah. next question. BF wants to know who your favorite overachieving pitcher is to keep rolling in the second half. This is when comparing ERA to expected ERA. Kyle Gibson, Taiwan Walker, Marcus Stroman. Oh man. Gibson, Walker, Stroman. I mean, this is a I, this is the Tellworths question from a month ago. I have quite I have concerns about all three keeping up the performance to some degree. Stroman mm-hmm. didn't have any strikeouts in his last outing, right? Because I have him on a team and I'm like, what is that mm-hmm. all about? Yep. You were on Kyle Gibson. You were right about that. I did not see that coming. I mean, it wasn't it's not really ballpark related on Kyle Gibson, is it? I mean, it's just like it's been a very, very pitching friendly ballpark. But good control. Yeah. You know, so and good strikeout. I mean, how is Kyle Gibson striking out this many batters? You know, that's that's part of it. Mm-hmm. So give him credit for that. Um, Taiwan Walker, Taiwan Walker's pro isn't he the best? Oh, come on. My it's it. Yeah. it's uh, My instinct tells me I'd rather have Taiwan Walker and I don't have much more than just the gut is saying so. And it's a big gut. So it knows what it's talking about, I guess. <laughs> OK. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> I had a good weekend of eating, so yeah, clearly. I, I I probably would cash in the Kyle Gibson chip. I think I would too. I think Stroman's fine. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know we rank him not in the top 40 starting pitchers, but but inside the top 55. Not a big strikeout guy. Similar question, Nick Pavetta and no, Juan Marquez. No, no, I, no, I know. I'm banking on both of them in labor, and it's been glorious thus a second? far. Herman Marquez. Herman Marquez is really good. And is he only going to get better if he gets moved? You know what? He's pitching fine at Coors He's right now. He's at Coors. That's what I'm saying. Do we want him to stay in Coors? Like, is this that weird? I, I don't know, I don't know. how. I don't know what Colorado is going to get for him. I think they it's going to be move him. Right? It doesn't make sense for them to keep him. That's just well, from I... trying to maximize the return for him, as opposed to you. You say it doesn't make sense. How is Colorado going to be good in two years if they don't, I don't think have they're ever Trevor be good. Story or yeah, no, I... Herman Marquez? They have no pitching. And you want to trade a guy who you put Herman Marquez on a contender, and he, isn't he a top twenty? He's top fifteen starting pitcher. Tristan, oh. you put him on the Yankees right now. Isn't Herman Marquez in the top fifteen starting pitchers? Theoretically, the problem is there aren't comps for pitchers leaving cores during the year. Not of that caliber, except for Ubaldo Jimenez. And the issue with Jimenez as a comp was that he was already showing diminished stuff in the year he got traded to Cleveland. And he was bad in Cleveland after he was traded. He was worse there than he was as a Rockies pitcher. It's, what if the not- Yankees trade Glaber Torres and David Garcia to Colorado for Trevor Story and Herman Marquez? And then Glaber hits like, 30 home runs in the second of half because of Denver. I, I, I kind of think the Rockies get ripped off if they do that. I think they should push for more than that personally, but yeah, that's, oh, that's interesting. Hey, what do you, what do you do with a building block player who just looks nothing like a building block player anymore? I mean, like, you know, I loved Scott Kinger a couple years ago and now I don't even know if he's ever going to play in the majors again. Didn't you just ask the same question about Ben Simmons? Torres is not Scott Kingery though. Uh, Torres should be hitting 30 home runs a year. But, you know, sure. maybe it's just Baltimore pitches I'm, are better now. You've intrigued me taking the pitcher part out of that. That's oh, wait, Scott Kingery was supposed to be a 2020 player three years ago. So, like, let's not say, well, Glaber was a slam dunk over him. We didn't no. think Glaber was going to have 30 home, 38 home runs in his first full season either. Scott no. Kingery was a legit fantasy draftable guy three seasons ago. Right, but he was not the prospect that Torres was. You're, no, you're of course correct. not. I'm not saying that. But he was a right. definite prospect. He was a He was a relevant player. 
Right, but I, I don't think Taurus today falls in the same descriptive category as Scott Kingery. There's a pretty wide gap oh, between agree. the two. I agree with that. But, but I, I mean, I assume if, if it's Taurus for Story straight up, that's a really intriguing deal there. Because I mean, the Yankees go all in and, on signing Trevor Story, and it's a good place for him to land outside of Colorado. Marquette, the Marquez trade possibility fascinates me. Where you're saying top 15, you could sign me up for that. But do you really think it's going to just click overnight like that? I think it's already clicked for him. And the only thing holding back Herman Marquez is Denver. And even now, it's not holding him back. What are, I, if I, my internet works, I would look up better. his home road splits. Kyle, he's look up his home road splits. He's pitched better in Denver. I, I don't know I, how I, I, I lost the internet, but I still have this squad cast working. So he's don't you dare jinx it. Drive. Don't you dare jinx it. I'm he's, not trying to jinx anything. I'm, he's I'm plugged into my better. router. He's got The wire is literally plugged into my computer. My internet's not working. But his home road splits, last I looked on Herman Marquez, were fine. Like, he was better at home. Yeah, he's definitely better at home. He's not well. John Snow does too, but okay. What's, what's is that? Is that our last question? Yeah, but in the past, no. That's the thing. You're you're. It's flipped over this year. This is the folly of home road splits. In the past, he was clearly better on the road. I mean, it wasn't even close. And this year, he's better at home. Okay. Yeah. Right. And maybe that's why he could pitch well in New York. Like we wouldn't be scared of the ballpark, right? In theory, we wouldn't really. Well, I mean, if you're not, if he's doing well in Coors, like, why the hell not? Like, it's, it's, well, the, it's I mean, the altitude. Yeah, I guess. Right. I mean, still left-handed hitters at Yankee Stadium, you know, yeah, like, be hitting home runs. I don't, there isn't a comp for, like, the Rockies haven't had have a one. guy like this <laughs> who they then traded. There's no right. comp. There's no comp for a pitcher like this being traded by Denver. He really could, he could be CeCe Sabathia's trade to Milwaukee. He could be that, or he could be Ubaldo Jimenez's finish in Cleveland. He That's could. a wide range of outcomes. Not that I'm carrying. He's carrying my freaking labor team or anything. Let's course, let's hope he's closer to CC. Of course, I just traded him in my NLE because I needed saves, so I'm the fool here. <laughs> I have two more shares at least. <laughs> right, we'll circle back to trivia here. Who are the three pitchers that have thrown at least seven innings on eight occasions this season? Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler's yeah. number one with eleven. That's crazy. Yeah. I think he leads the league in innings yeah, and strikeouts eleven times. Uh, Kevin Gosman. Kevin Gosman has seven. Seven. Oh, just missed. There are a handful of seven. Uh, how about that Sandy Alcantara? No, he is at six. Well, I, I suck. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you start getting trivia questions wrong, that means I'm doing something right. Doesn't mean you're bad. Uh, well, I hope it's not the suspended Dodger. No. I don't want to talk about him again. Yeah, I mean, how, about, how about Bassett? Bassett's yeah. seven. Good guess, though. Oh, Zach Granky. Granky at nine. You're missing one. Another elder statesman. Not Scherzer. Not Scherzer. Elder statesman? Not Kershaw. Not Kershaw. Elder statesman. I'm telling you who it's not. <laughs> you've been good. You've, you're nailing these kids. Oh, I know who it is. I know who it is because I've got them on all my teams. I've got. I bet you do because you have all the old guys. So well, you know what? A lot of them are doing well. It's definitely Adam Wainwright. It definitely is Adam Wainwright. He's got nice. Wow. Is there anything to that? I mean, Wheeler's the youngest of them. He's at 31 years old. But Granky and Wainwright, like, they're just yeah old man. They don't throw 96. Yeah. When you throw 96, 98, you you get arm troubles, or you know, in Degrom's case, side or oblique or whatever troubles, like. Like these guys are just smart pitchers. I hate I hate the saying that announcers use. He knows how to pitch. Pretty much everybody in the major leagues knows how to pitch. Even Eric Sogard knows how to pitch. But the problem is 
when you say, oh, Wainwright and Grinky, they're veteran guys that know how to pitch. Okay, Zach Eflin knows how to pitch too. He just can't do it as well. But these guys, like, they have moxie. They change speeds. That's what I think changing speeds is very important. It's not as important as throwing 98 every time, but yeah. it's important. Yep. You know, guys to command the word we use so often in this game. Stop and when people, walking people, when people use that phrase, and you know exactly what they're talking about. It's that they used to throw hard and now they don't anymore. And they found it with other pitches. They're fooling hitters and keeping them off balance. Wainwright adjusted to diminished stuff in his later years. He's done an excellent job of doing that. Baseball announcers, man, they, I just have to mute them half the time because when they just say things or, or when they say analytics are ruining baseball, sure, that's exactly what analytics are doing. You're a genius. Go ahead. It's all because you're shifting. Whatever you say. I mean, they they ruin it for me sometimes, you know? Anyway. And, and shout out to, to Mark Zumoff, the Sixers announcer for the last 30 years. I loved him. I loved watching Sixers games because of the announcer more than the team, team in a lot of cases. I don't like Ben Simmons right now. I love Mark Zumoff. He retired. He should have. He means, you know, 65, wants to spend time with his wife. But I miss him. You know, when I watch a lot of baseball games now, I'm like, oh, my God. I, I can't believe what the guy just said. Or a guy <laughs> says, you know, who was it? It was trending on Twitter last week. Like, the only guy, you know, with the, his name starts with Z. Are you kidding me? You know, like, really, announcer player? Ugh. Former players as announcers, a lot of them, they're just... <sighs> It doesn't matter. That's my rant of the day. Okay, we're done for today's show. We will be back on Thursday unless I lost my job. And who knows if I did? Fantasy Focus presented, Fantasy Focus Baseball presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Tristan, any final thoughts for you? You have a rant? You got to have a rant. I I don't have a rant. I do think I want to double down on your, uh, it's a good time to evaluate your trades. I've been doing a lot of my leagues and I'm seeing an awful lot of postings uh, inquiring about them. Well, I'm in no leagues with you, so you and I can't trade. That's it for now. Thank you so much for listening to Fantasy Focus Baseball. Have an awesome two days. We'll be back with you on Thursday.